U.S. consumer sentiment fell as long-term inflation expectations jumped in the U.S., pushing the U.S. yields and the U.S. dollar higher and equities lower last Friday. Now, the U.S. ceiling discussions will be obviously one of the major discussion topics of this week as traders will likely see further sell-off in the euro and probably in the pound as well against an increased appetite for greenback in this environment of uncertainty. So welcome to the new week of trading with Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So sentiment on last Friday's trading session wasn't brilliant, really. The latest data released in the U.S. showed that the U.S. consumer sentiment fell to a six-month low. But more importantly, the long-term inflation expectations in the U.S. jumped to a 12-year high. So feeling the worries that the Federal Reserve may not stop hiking the interest rates in the U.S. after all, or it won't be able to cut the interest rates anytime soon in the foreseeable future. Now, the June rate hike expectations rose to around 16%. The U.S. dollar index rallied past the 50-day moving average and equities fell. And the fall that we saw in equities was also filled by the renewed downside pressure on U.S. regional bank stocks because the sell-off in PacWest shares just extended into the second trading day after the regional bank revealed earlier in the week having lost nearly 10% of its deposits in just one week. And while well, the latest figures show that investors actually did pull out something like 2 billion US dollars from SPDR's 29 billion US dollar worth of financial select sector fund over the two weeks, the S&P 500 tested the 4100 psychological support to the downside but managed to close a few points above the psychological mark last week, while Nasdaq 100 advanced to a fresh high since last summer but the index gave in to the higher U.S. yields and closed the Friday session 0.37% lower still. Now, while the Federal Reserve's rate hike discussions swing in both directions, while the ongoing stress on the U.S. regional bank level will likely bring the Federal Reserve to inject further liquidity into the system to keep the financial system in the U.S. sound and stable. And in this context, some investors out there think that the Fed's QT could actually reverse before the interest rates, in which case, well, excess liquidity from the Fed will likely continue being supportive for the stock valuations. But anyway, for now, the rising yields in the U.S. and that debt ceiling impasse are major drags to a further appetite in the U.S. stocks. The meeting that was supposed to take place between the President Joe Biden and Mr. McCarty was postponed to this week from last Friday. So the letter has been partly taken as a sign that the staff level negotiations due progress and that an eventual agreement on the U.S. spending could actually pave the way for an agreement on the debt ceiling. But obviously, nothing is less sure and the debt ceiling suspense could well continue until the very, very last minute, keeping investors cautious and probably on the sidelines, especially regarding the risk assets and seeking the safety of long-term U.S. bonds and gold, for example. The stronger U.S 
dollar actually sent the price of gold down to $2,000 per ounce on Friday. But any controversial news or any impasse or any lack of progress regarding U.S. debt ceiling discussions could actually convince investors to go back to gold. Therefore, a bearish exposure in gold actually does look quite risky to me before we see more clarity on that US debt ceiling saga. Elsewhere, the euro and the pound are giving back gains quite rapidly actually against the US dollar since the middle of last week. Now, the whole thing is mostly due to a speeding positive momentum in the US dollar across the board. And as I mentioned just earlier, the US dollar index broke above a two-month bearish trend top and clear the 50-day moving average resistance on Friday, sending the euro dollar to below 109 level and below its own 50-day moving average as well. Now, the eurozone's industrial production data due this Monday morning could actually further hit the investor sentiment at the start of this week as activity in the eurozone is expected to have contracted by something like 2.5% in the month of March. But from a technical standpoint, it's still too early to talk about a medium-term bearish reversal in the euro sentiment because looking at the daily chart, the next important support stand at 108 level, which is the 100-day moving average, 107.30 level, which is the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement on September 2 date rally, and major support to the medium-term positive trend in the euro dollar sits as far as the 105 level. And as long as the euro dollar hangs above that 105 psychological mark, while the medium term target for the euro dollar remains unchanged at 112.25 level. Across the channel, while cable sank below the 125 mark on Friday, most of the selling was again US dollar driven. But a part of it was uh, certainly also due to the unexpected fall in growth, in British growth numbers, just a day after the Bank of England actually revised its growth projections significantly, but significantly higher. Now, the economic data released on Friday unfortunately showed that the British GDP shrank and shrank unexpectedly in the month of March because households apparently turned more cautious on the sky-high inflation and the jitters in the UK markets and ongoing strikes further hit activity, of course. And every data point that comes in lately gets me to wonder, what does the Bank of England takes as a basis to build their projections on? But anyway, we could actually see some further sell-off in both the euro dollar and in cable if, of course, the US dollar appetite remains intact. Now, at this stage of the game, it's more of a US dollar story than a euro or a pound story. So we will watch what happens to the US dollar in order to see what will happen to euro dollar and cable. Elsewhere in Turkey, while well, the election results were tight, tight this Sunday, according to the latest results this morning, it looks like no candidate, including Mr. Erdogan himself, <clears throat> got a majority of the votes in Turkey to avoid a runoff in two weeks. So it looks like uh, Turks will go back to voting in about two weeks from now to decide who between Mr. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan and Mr. Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu should be the next president of Turkey. Now, of course, political uncertainty is never 
never good for investor sentiment. The dollar try is holding up so far, but advanced to the highest, highest levels on record. And of course, we all know that the Central Bank of Turkey is putting a lot of weight and a lot of money from its reserves to keep the Turkish lira stable against the US dollar. But obviously, the next two weeks will likely be marked by uncertainty, low market predictability, and very high volatility in Turkish assets because the Turkey 10-year yield jumped more than 8% this morning while the best 100 index is down by 1% at the time I'm talking here this morning. Now the major risk that I see here is the Turkish lira. Will the central bank of Turkey keep the lira strategy and keep buying the US dollars to keep the dollar steady? Will it be able to counter and eventually increase selling pressure on the Turkish lira? If no, what happens to the Turkish lira? Is it possible that we see a sudden jump in the dollar twice valuation or will an eventual upside pressure remain tight but actually manageable? Well, we will see all that in the coming weeks. All I know right now is nothing has ever been this unsure for Turkey since I started working more than a decade ago. Now, finally, in China, the People's Bank of China kept the interest rates unchanged at today's policy meeting, but extended long-term liquidity to boost the anemic Chinese growth, even after the post-COVID reopening didn't boost the growth enough. Remember, the data, the economic data released last week showed a faster-than-expected fall in Chinese inflation and slowing exports and even more slowing imports. All of these are signs of an insufficient in not enough growth momentum for the EM giant. Now, note that many, many analysts and investors out there expected an interest rate cut from the People's Bank of China at today's meeting. And that status quo on the interest rate policy in China strengthened the odds that the PBOC will have to cut the interest rates in the coming months. And it could be as early as in June. But interestingly, the higher PBOC liquidity announced today and loser People's Bank of China rate expectations couldn't even boost global growth optimism this Monday morning. Crude oil slipped below the $70 per barrel level, while copper futures, which slipped below their 200-day moving average level last week, will remain under a decent, decent selling pressure despite the People's Bank of China's more liquidity news. So this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipek Özkardeşköy and thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.